Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. good i'm so dang good oh wonderful my apologies to the listeners if you hear loud loud booming sounds in the background it's because well it's about to be fourth of july weekend right that is and true. it's also just been going on kind of non-stop for the last month and a half that i just hear boom like several <laughs> times a night <laughs> that happens here too that happens here too hi everybody i'm vanya i'm the rom hey Vaughn. Hi, everyone. I'm Avrin, and I'm the crime, and this is Rom Crime. This is our true crime comedy podcast that has romantic instant messages. Oh, goodness gracious, people. It is crazy. Crazy. So crazy. I mean, you know, it's okay. So. Should we should should we just jump in and tell them what's going yeah, on? Yeah, I think um, before we jump in, do you Ooh, want to yes. shout out our newest? Yes, on Rom Patreon, Criminal. our newest patron member, Emma. What's up? Thank you. Hi, for, Emma. Thank you thank for supporting you so us. Much. We are yes, so excited to keep working on some awesome content for you and all our other patron patron Patreon patrons out there. Um, if you are interested in checking out any of that bonus content, go to Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash romcrime and sign up for one of our patron levels and we will live to serve. That's right. I do think it's kind of weird that they're called Patreon and then they're like, but the pa- you're the patron on Patreon. I know. It, it, like, it's a why can't... tongue twister. It is. Our Patreon patron. But <laughs> God thank bless you, Emma, Emma. And Woo! all of our other uh, rom criminals out on Patreon. We love ya. And That's yeah, right. let's dive in. This is a 
doozy. Okay, so. And I'm so excited. I am too. Um, okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about catfishing. And now I know you guys all probably know what it is to be catfished. But aside from being a delicious kind of river fish, a catfish is a slang term for someone who seduces a person with a false identity online. Ooh. Ew. Avrin, have you have you ever been catfished? You know, not that I'm aware of. Uh, I definitely did some online dating before I met my husband. Uh-huh. Got a lot of, but not an awful lot of it, if I'm being honest. I think maybe I like went out with one or two people tops that I met on the internet. And both of them were who they said they were and looked like they said they would look. That's but good. I will say in regards to not knowing, do you remember like when the internet like when AOL Instant Messenger first became a thing, like mm-hmm. we would have been in middle school, high school, like early, sure. like young though. I remember mm-hmm. fully lying while I would chat with God knows who about so like scary. how old I was and what I looked like. Cause I was 12 and I was like, I'm 17 and I'm five oh ten, like Cindy Crawford, you know, like from Clueless. Right. Um, and obviously I never got into any like weird explicit conversations with anyone Thank God. But I don't know how old those people were that I was talking to. That is so what, terrifying. What about you? Oh Did you God. ever get catfished? You know, I don't think so. But the closest thing, this isn't actually a definition, but I have like two two things that are kind of not really catfishy, but I'm going to tell you about them anyways. Um, I went for an audition to some, uh, when when I was first living in New York, down down in the East Village, and I found my way to like, Honestly, it was kind of an alley, but someone had makeshifted it into being like a theater sort of and went into this audition with a bunch of other girls. And then afterwards, I found out that the person auditioning the girls were was auditioning for a girlfriend. So that's not like really catfishing, but it kind of like you think you're going down for a part, but it's actually some fucking asshole who's trying that to... is like some tom cruise scientology bullshit <laughs> yeah that's gross i mean it was just dumb i was like what ew the guy's what did yucky. he think would happen like did he cast someone and then they were he was like surprise you're my girlfriend now i don't know something like that but the, those were the the rumor mill was going on about this guy and then the other thing was was when i was a little bit younger and not younger i mean i could you know i was in college but i went to go babysit a new person uh it wasn't an online thing, so that doesn't really count. But then I remember, like, driving into the woods and finding, like, a small, tra- like, tiny, and no offense to any trailers, but it was just, like, dark, and there was, like, a Airstream, and I just turned right around and yeah, didn't you're like, babysit nah, their kids. Not going to yeah. hang out I was in, like, in an Airstream like, in the woods. Like, deadly. And I, it was, like, pre... Actually, I did have a cell phone, so, but still, but still, that was scary. But probably <laughs> but anyways, bad service. Avrin, tell our listeners why we're talking about catfishing. Oh, man. So we're going to, (laughs) or being catfished, we are going to share with you the, I guess, I mean, I'm not somebody that ever watched catfish, but I'm aware of it and I I know what it is. And I, you know, I feel like I've heard one or two horror stories about it. But in my opinion, this is the craziest catfish story of all time. Yeah, there's and, a lot of murdery ones out there that are sad, yeah. but this one is just like, yeah. This is murdery and sad, but also right. like otherworldly right. bananas, like cuckoo yep. bananas. And um, so we're going to tell you guys about Tall Hot Blonde 
and her relationship with Marine Sniper and Beefcake, an online love triangle slash catfish situation that would end in murder. Okay. Are you ready, Vaughn? I'm yes, so excited. I'm, I'm so, so excited. It was 10 p.m. on Friday, September 15th, 2006, when 22-year-old Brian Barrett walked out of the Dynabraid, I think that's how you say it, Dynabraid factory in Clarence, New York, where he worked part-time while he was in university studying to become a doctor. Brian walked across the dark parking lot to his white pickup truck. He got into the driver's seat and shut the door. Three shots rang out. Brian Barrett was dead. Why did someone shoot him? How did this happen? To find the answers to this, all the police had to do was look online. Dun dun. <laughs> Do you like how I yeah. wrote this? Like it's my bum, own story. Bum, 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 bum. Yes. Dun dun. Oh, so, I just touched my eye. Oh, you all right? Yeah. So Brian, whose online handle, and also here's the thing, no judgment. I might giggle a few times because something about anonymous internet chatter like leads people to just name yeah. themselves things and call you know there's just brazen bravery and confidence that doesn't usually exist in face-to-face interactions so right. brian's online handle was beefcake and he often played online poker with friends and co-workers and one of those co-workers was a man named thomas montgomery whose screen name was marine sniper so to everybody that knew Thomas Montgomery. He seemed like a model husband and father. He taught Sunday school at the family's church. He was the vice president of his daughter's swim club, very hands-on and involved. But in early 2005, after about 17 years of marriage, Thomas had become impotent and uninterested in his wife, Cindy. So he spent, I know, right? I'm like, just get some counseling or something, you guys. So he basically occupied and spent all of his free time on the internet, gambling, playing games online. And the site that he used was uh, pogo.com. So one day in a blackjack game room, a girl whose handle was tall, hot, blonde sent him a message. They started chatting for a little bit and eventually she said to him, you know, you're not supposed to be in here. And he was like, what? And she said, this is a room for teens. See, Thomas Montgomery's age was displayed accurately 46 years old in his profile so he panicked thinking oh my god i'm like in one of those um chris is it haynes like a sting operation so he like immediately panics and he lies and he says that he's using his dad's account and that's why it says he's 46 he's actually only 18 years old and the two begin chatting over instant message thomas montgomery became tommy an 18 year old marine who was headed to iraq who had lost his mom at a very young age and had felt incapable of love ever since. He was a troubled soul who had joined the Marines in an attempt to do something great with his life. Tall, hot blonde, whose real name was Jesse, was smitten. Jesse was a high school senior who lived in West Virginia. She was indeed tall, hot, and blonde. She was into sports, had fights with her mom, and she was looking forward to prom. And she shared all of this with Tommy a.k.a. Marine Sniper. The friendship, the online friendship, quickly turned into a romantic relationship with Jesse and um, Tommy 
sending each other photos and videos. She even sent him like a video montage of pictures of herself to like power ballads, like, I don't want to miss a thing. No. <laughs> yes. And uh, he sent her a 30-year-old photo when he was in the Marines at the age of 18. And uh, she started calling him her sweet, sexy Marine. And soon, their IMs turned into phone calls. They would talk super early in the morning and really, really late at night. Whenever Tommy, I had just did air quotes in my brain when I said that, was <laughs> off duty during his time at boot camp. And she sent him packages containing dog tags that read Jesse and Tommy forever, half of a, a necklace with half of a heart that she had the other half to, and occasionally she would send him a pair or two of her undies. Undies yeah. is what I said. Yeah. yeah. And their online romantic, sweet, sexy, marine, you know, relationship quickly became sexual in nature with Jesse telling Tommy that he had taken her cyber virginity and she couldn't wait until they could be together in person so he could take the real thing. Boy, they. So because <laughs> Tom Thomas Montgomery was actually a married 46 year old father of two, he knew he was never going to be able to meet Jesse in real life. So he would concoct elaborate stories of being in boot camp at first with weird hours and times that he was not allowed to be on the phone, and then he was shipped off to Iraq, deep in enemy territory. And becoming this sexy 18-year-old Marine hero was quickly starting to consume Tom Montgomery. He actually added another layer to this deception by not only playing 18-year-old Tommy, but also Tommy's father, Tom Sr., and online. So he would chat with uh, Jesse as both Tommy and Tommy's dad. And he did this as a way to talk to Jesse when Tommy was, uh, you know, away on dangerous recon missions deep in enemy, um, enemy territory. Okay. And then he also told himself that by playing Tommy's uh, dad, he could tell her things like, send your packages to me because I have connections in Iraq and I can get them to him faster. And then ultimately, when he knew he was going to have to probably end this thing because he was never going to be able to meet her, he could use Tom Sr. as the person to, like, put the kibosh on the relationship. So clearly, thinking real clear here, Mr. Uh -huh. Montgomery, someone's mm -hmm. losing it a little how old, bit. Do you know how old his kids were? I think they were, like, 12 and 14. Oh, okay. Yeah. Still. Don't quote me 100% on that, but they were like young teenage girls. Got it. So, Tom, I love that I already said what I wrote, but Tom was definitely starting to lose his grip on reality and starting to believe that he really was Tommy, and he was obsessed and could not and would not walk away from Jesse. Six months into this online romance, Tommy asked Jesse to marry him when he returned from Iraq, and she, God to be 18, ecstatically said yes <laughs> further proof that uh tm thomas montgomery was really kind of losing his mind a little bit was a letter that was found in his work locker when all of this came to a head that said on january 2nd 2006 thomas montgomery 46 year old 46 years old ceases to exist he is replaced by an 18-year-old battle-scarred Marine. He has money in the bank, 
$2.5 million to be exact, and he's handsome like a red-headed Harrison Ford. The note went on and on to also say like that he had a, a nine-inch penis and all this amazing stuff. Great. And then Thomas Montgomery started to wait for this transformation to actually occur. I mean, geez. Did he like go to a fortune teller or to? No, you know, he just I think he was so like compulsively obsessed with this girl, with this relationship that he just was convinced that if he could, you know, become this thing, then he could really have this in real life that he was having online. But clearly that means like a screw has come loose in your brain. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And so. I said, again, he had officially, how many times did Averin write? He lost his grip on reality. But he (laughs) he had become completely all-consumed, not only with his romance, but with his online persona. And as Tom was falling further and further into this fantasy, everything fell apart. Tom's wife, Cindy, had long long suspected, like, something was up. Her husband was never not on the internet. I mean, if he was home, he was on the computer. And then Cindy found one of those packages from Jesse that contained a pair of red undies. Oh, hell she, no. And like, you know, a handwritten letter and all this stuff. So she confronts Tom about his affair. Cindy is completely devastated, not only that her husband is doing this, but also that she that he is like completely catfishing this 18-year-old girl who thinks that she has a marine fiance who's going to come home to her, take her away from her sad, boring life, you know, in West Virginia. And so she decides to write Jesse a letter that included a family photo. It was a photo of Tom, herself, and their two daughters. And I'm going to read to you what this letter said. Jesse, enclosed you will find a picture of my family. Let me introduce you to these people. The man in the center is Tom, my husband. There is no Tommy. He is taking advantage of you, You need to be much more cautious with your safety. You will only be hurt by a man who has mastered the art of manipulation and lies. Do not trust words on a computer. Cindy Montgomery. I mean, words to live by, everybody. When Jessie found out, she was absolutely shocked, grossed out, and she totally lashed out on Tommy, Tom, uh, online. But at the same time, she was like desperately in love with this man and she thought they were going to be married. So there was a part of her that didn't want to believe Cindy and thought maybe Cindy just wanted Tommy all for herself and that she was making the whole story up. So she decided to reach out to Brian Barrett. Remember Brian from the beginning of our story? Beefcake. Beefcake. Beefcake, whose screen name was Beefcake. The way that that Jesse knew Brian was actually through Tom Montgomery because the three of them had played several online games together, like over the course of this relationship. And so she reached out to Beefcake and asked him, is uh, Marine Sniper really a 46-year-old married man with two kids? And uh, Beefcake confirmed Jesse's worst nightmare. Man... Or sorry, man. Marine Sniper was now actually a 47-year-old married. Had a birthday. He had a birthday up in there, folks. Mm -hmm. And Brian, a.k.a. Beefcake, I'm going back to calling him Brian now. Brian felt really bad for Jesse, and he tried to console her. Soon the two of them were exchanging photos and romantic 
interludes. Do you think she reads the internet? The- I don't want to miss a thing. I don't know. Video. Probably. Unless she really liked to make those video montages. I was like, let me do a fresh one. <laughs> so they exchange photos. Maybe they exchange the same epic videos of her to like really great Aerosmith songs. And a new online romance was born. What Brian did not know was that Jesse was actually still talking to Marine Sniper and using her new relationship with him to basically torment and torture Tom Montgomery. She was so mad at him for lying to her and deceiving her that she went out of her way to basically throw in his face that she had found a real young, hot, cool guy. She even convinced Brian to kind of get in on the bullying and harassment of Thomas Montgomery with her. So they would go online, um, you know, those game rooms they would play in, and they Mm -hmm. told everybody in every room that they ever found him in that he was a predator, what he had done to her. And then eventually she got Brian so into it that Brian even told all of their coworkers what Thomas Montgomery had done. And the two men basically became like bitter, bitter rivals at work. And it was like something everyone was aware of. So Jesse eventually invited Brian to come visit her, and he accidentally let that slip to someone at work. The information got back to Tom, and he lost his ever-loving mind, y'all. <laughs> it was already whacked up. He Several screws had already come loose, but this was no. No way can this man that's in his life that he knows get to have the actual real relationship that he right. had become so like compulsively obsessed with. And he basically can, like started to send uh, Brian like a barrage of nasty and threatening text messages. And it turned out that it was all for nothing because the visit never actually even took place. Jesse eventually asked Brian not to come because she was, she was starting to feel that he was just using her for sex and she broke off their relationship. And then I wrote here, then like any smart teenage girl, she decided that she would start talking to Tom Montgomery again online. (laughs) Jesse really just couldn't let go of Tommy. It wasn't Tom Montgomery she wanted to talk to. It was Tommy, the man that she had loved so deeply and had been engaged to. So she like semi forgave Tom and they decided they would at least be friends and they could both in a really sad way mourn the loss of Tommy, the 18-year-old battle-scarred Marine. Mm Mm-hmm. But Tom still couldn't let go of this, like, rage that he had towards Brian Barrett, a.k.a. Beefcake. He even threatened to kill him in an online chat that he was having with Jesse. And in response to this, Jesse promised that she would never talk to Brian again. And the twisted friendship between the two slid into a dark place where Jessie knowingly let 47-year-old Thomas Montgomery pretend to be her Tommy, and the online sexual relationship started up again. I mean, what, you guys? Okay, so wait. Now, I'm just going to ask some details here because I've never – I actually have never even been in a chat room because I don't know. I don't have the the patience. I'm not cool. I don't know. So to have cyber sex, they're in a chat room, and then they're like, hey, let's – Go on another in right. Another so room? then they would like privately, um, you know, like uh, G chat on Gmail. Yes, I get that. Yes. So basically, they would like play games in this public place, right? But then when mm-hmm. it was time to have sexy time, I'm assuming they went into a private chat room or would do like Yahoo chat. 
Ah, gotcha. Where it was just the two of them. Or emails. And then another dumb question, just because let's just remind all the folks at home, I've been with my husband since I was 20. He was 19, so we've been together for a long time, so I don't have a lot of experience with the online stuff. Um, So do you then cyber sex, like do sexy talk with like chatting? You're like, I'm taking off my shirt now. Yes, I mean, I actually, and I love that I said that so definitively. Like, You're like, I know yes, personal- that's yes, how it works. <laughs> I actually have also never engaged in, like, cyber sex where I, like, had sex by typing with a stranger on the internet. But it's basically, if you think about, like, phone sex, where you're, like, sure. talking someone through but what, they're, but what you're doing the to them. But isn't voice sexy about that? Like, hey, yes, my name's Karen. for sure. No, not Karen. Karen's the word we hate, name we hate. Hey, my name's... Um, you know, Cindy, uh, you know, or something like, and then yes. she, cause that's the sexy part is my voice. Hi, well, I'm Vanya. Think- <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking my t-shirt off right now. I'm taking my top off for you right now, Tommy. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, yes, I think the voice is probably a big part of the whole phone sex of it all. But I think as we said so much, at least for Tom was this like this deep fantasy, you know, and they like really truly thought they were in love with each other. So it was like a yeah. typed version of a uh, phone sex. So you would type out like Got it. what I just took my, you know, I shirt off. Finished. What are you going to do next? <laughs> yeah, and then eventually there's like 30 second pause in the conversation and then it's like that was great. And you're like, "Ew." Yeah, okay, okay gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, even though Jesse and Thomas Montgomery had rekindled whatever weird shit was going on there. Jessie was still kind of, you know, she's a teenager. So she'd go back and forth between like forgiving him and wanting to talk about Tommy and how much that, you know, the love from him had meant to her and then being like totally pissed off at him and wanting to hurt him. And so she would like openly flirt online in those game rooms so he could see her like basically coming on to other guys. And he begged her to stop torturing him or to, or if she could, or, you know, either stop torturing me like this or just leave me alone and set me free. Tom, actually, at this point, even threatened to hurt Jesse if she wouldn't leave him alone. After that threat, the scariest thing of all happened. Thomas Montgomery got a phone call from Jesse's mother that was like, stay away from my daughter, you sick fuck. And for a few weeks, things were quiet. But then, you know, teenagers are fickle, man. They've got <laughs> short attention spans, but they also love attention. So Jessie comes back online and messages Tom. She just can't stay away. And this cycle of, like, abusive, angry messages and then cyber sex continues. <laughs> now, it, unbeknownst to Tom, Jessie had actually also started talking to Brian Baird again. But... Tom discovered this when he saw Brian's name listed in her list of friends on her MySpace page. And that rage that had been inside of him the first time that Brian and Jesse started dating, like, came roaring back to the surface. Tom completely freaked out on Jesse, telling her that he had told her what was going to happen if she got back together with Brian. And then he threatened her life and Brian's life. And at this point, Jesse finally is like, okay. This dude is too much. Like, this is fucking crazy. She decided she'd had enough. And she 
begged Tom in like this really long exchange. If he really loved her, he would just let her go. Just let her walk away, be a teenager and like have her life back. And he would just let her go if he really loved her. And uh, he basically was like, sure, okay, yeah. You always say you're going to leave me alone. And then you never do. And I warned you how this would end if you got back together with him. You guys, the internet is scary. Yeah. So, scared that, in fact, Thomas Montgomery might actually make good on these threats, Jesse reaches out to Brian to warn him. Brian tells her not to worry. He had been staying far away from Tom Montgomery for months. Though, Tom had, according to a message that Brian sent Jesse, tried to hit him with his car on several different occasions in the uh, factory parking lot where they both worked. Weird. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. So, so... <laughs> Jesse's like, oh, my God, should we call the police? Brian's like, don't worry about it. I can handle this guy. The answer is yes. Call the police. If if your life is threatened on more than one occasion by the same individual, call the police. Yeah. Yeah. One occasion is actually enough. But multiple occasions, just, like, let the record be shown. So if something happens to you, they're going to know exactly who did it. Even if you're a beefcake and think you can handle it, still, men can be victims, too. You don't know the depths. Of their crazy. Of some people's cray. <laughs> so after she begged him to let her go and said she was no longer going to speak to him, of course, Marine Sniper continued to send Jesse nasty, threatening messages. And then she would be like, I told you I'm not doing this anymore. And then finally, on Wednesday, September 13th of 2006, it's the last time she says, seriously, never contact me again. I'm not doing this. So the next day, Thursday, September 14th, he sends her several nasty, threatening messages, calling her like a whore and saying all these horrible things about her. And he waits. No response. She signs offline. The following day, Friday, September 15th, he messaged her again and again. No reply. She immediately signs off. So now we go back to the evening of September 15th, 2006. It's 10 p.m., Brian leaves work and gets into his truck. Three shots are fired. Brian is dead. But because his family was actually out of town that weekend and he hadn't made any plans with anyone, he was not actually found until Monday morning. Police come and examine the scene and decide that whoever had murdered Brian Barrett had planned it because the passenger rear tire of his white pickup truck had been slashed, so he had a flat tire. So basically, even if he had started the car and started to go away, he was basically, he was trapped there. He was a sitting duck. Uh-uh. So they knew that this was somebody who had a plan, had it out for, and wanted to kill Brian Barrett, which is useful when you're a police officer. Yep. So they start interviewing coworkers who tell police about the feud between Brian and Thomas Montgomery that had occurred as a result of a love triangle online that involved a girl named Jessie. So police are now incredibly concerned about Jessie's well-being because if he killed the boyfriend, I mean, like, it's logical that yeah. she would be the next person. So they go through Brian's phone, they find Jessie's number, and they call her. She answers. She confirms that, yes, she is the Jessie that had at one time had an online relationship with Brian and Thomas Montgomery And they say, okay, well, we're a little bit worried for you because Brian's been shot and killed. We think that it was Tom Montgomery, and we're going to send some cops over to check on you. And at this point now, there is no other suspect. It's Thomas Montgomery all the way. 
Right. So being concerned about Jesse's well-being, the um, upstate New York police, the Clarenceville or Clarence, wherever I said they were, New York police, call the West Virginia police and they send a police vehicle over to the house to check on her and basically kind of really give her all the details. So where did I just lost my spot? Sorry, you guys. No, the police are um, going to to Virginia. To Jesse's house. Yeah, to Jesse's West Virginia, house. to Jesse's house. So when police arrive, they knock on the door, and uh, an older woman answers, and this is Jesse's mother. Her name is Mary uh, Sheeler, and she tells police that her daughter isn't there. She doesn't even live there. She lives in Concord. Now, immediately, <laughs> the cop is like, what? Yeah. I we spoke to Jesse in the middle of the night who said that she was at this home and, and now you're telling me she doesn't even live here and she's not here and you don't know like exactly where she is. Like that doesn't make any sense. So he starts to press her. Well, can I, where can I get a hold of her? I need to talk to her. Like her life is in danger, ma'am. Yeah. And after pressing and pressing and pressing, Mary Sheeler breaks down, starts to cry and says, I'm Jesse. You guys, did you see my double catfish coming? Oh my god. Jesse Jesse was never a high school girl. But even creepier, Jesse was a real high school girl. Those photos that were sent, those panties that were sent were a real girl's things. They were Mary Sheeler's daughters. Ew. Things. Mary Sheeler, you're bad, bad person. Icky, icky, bad, bad. Like just disgusting. So this crazy fucking woman. Yeah. Had used her very own daughter's photos, underwear, and name to engage in online sexual relationships with both Marine Sniper and Beefcake. This is why you can't trust a chat room, guys. You can't trust a chat room. I mean, when I read this story, I was like, holy, no, 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 what? It's double cash. So insane. So she goes, she's taken down to the police station to basically give a statement. And Mary Sheeler, a.k.a tall hot blonde tells police <laughs> that Thomas Montgomery had called her after Brian Barrett had been shot and told her that he had taken care of her boyfriend. All right. So now cops are like, we totally got this guy except for in that annoying way there where they're like, but we're going to need like, a little more than just him saying he took care of it. Right. So as he can, as Thomas Montgomery continues to deny that he had anything to do with Brian's murder. And in a documentary that I watched called tall hot blonde there, they had like this psych, like psychologist, psychiatrist. I don't remember exactly what, who I found a little bit like annoying throughout the whole thing, but there was a few things that he said that I was like, okay, maybe. And Thomas Montgomery's, like his defense of himself and saying like, I didn't do this. This psychologist basically said that was true for him. Thomas Montgomery, 47 year old, old dude didn't do this, but sexy Tommy, 18 year old, like special ops Marine guy definitely did this. So in order to get evidence, not just being like, we know you did it. Police dig deeper into his emails and messages. So they find all of the threats there was a peach pit on the parking lot uh, ground right next to the white pickup truck that was tested and the DNA on it belonged to Thomas Montgomery. And then the clincher was that the gun used in the murder, uh, which was a 30 caliber rifle, uh, they had asked Thomas Montgomery if he owned a gun like that. He insisted he did not own that gun. He was a gun owner. He had, you know, like 
licenses and registrations for all of the guns he owned. But police, in like the deep dive into his computer, discovered a photograph of his gun case with all of his guns. And lo and behold, right there in the middle is a 30 yeah. caliber rifle. So police finally arrest Thomas Montgomery. And while in custody, so they bring him into that interrogation room, you know, with yeah. like all the white walls. They pull out a photo of Mary Sheeler and they slide it in front of him. Oh, shit. And they say to him, this is the woman who you've been talking to the entire time over the last two years. And according to the police who were interrogating (laughs) him, his face turned as white as the walls in the interrogation room. The fantasy that had consumed him finally came crashing to the ground. So now, not only was he not hot and young, but this girl that he was obsessed with had killed somebody for was actually exactly the same as him, a middle-aged mom. Like just a sad, lonely, kind of cuckoo bananas person looking for love in all the wrong places. And pimping out her daughter's actual image. Can we just not forget that she's the worst? I mean, that is so (laughs) dark and so messed up. I can't even handle it. It's so disgusting. Like, how fucked up do you have to be to do that? Seriously, like, get help, lady. So between all that physical evidence that they found, and then, like, a super smart man, as we clearly all know Thomas Montgomery is, he makes two phone calls while he's in prison, one to his um, now ex-wife, Cindy, and one to one of his daughters, and he basically is begging them in these recorded prison phone calls to lie about him being home to help him with his alibi. So then after his uh, defense lawyer sees all of the evidence and then the phone calls happen, he's like, yeah, dude, um, I think we should try to take a plea deal because if you go to trial, you are you could get life in prison. But right now the D.A. is offering you 20 years and at least then you'll get out because I'm telling you, I don't feel good about your chances. So he takes the plea and he is sentenced to 20 years in prison. He ends up. um when did this happen? 2005? 2006. Yeah, so he's still, so. So he's still in jail. But he's he'll apparently... He'll be out in six years. He'll be out soon, which is upsetting. Even more upsetting is that Mar- Mary Sheeler has never been charged in any way in, for any aspect of this crime. Because there are no laws that say that lying on the internet and having that lie result in the death of someone else is against the law. Because she never actually told marine sniper to hurt beefcake because she never suggested it inferred that she wanted it done um she could not be held accountable and uh uh, in fact as a result of this brian barrett's parents are actually working to create laws like internet uh, culpability laws that say like if you basically catfish someone into killing someone you should have to serve some time yeah. Also, yeah. using someone else's image should you should have to serve. That should and be something. Too. Own daughter. So let's go I know. into that if for a second. She would have been Bob. underage. If she would have been underage, that would have been child pornography. Child pornography. So Tim Sheeler, Mary's ex-husband, divorced her ass real fast, and the real so. Jesse has completely severed all ties with her mom and never spoke to her again as of now. Yeah, I would have and, to do the same thing and then and like do a lot of therapy. <laughs> yeah, and here's what's even worse. When police confiscated Mary's computer during the course of this investigation, they found 
hundreds of photos of Jessie, almost like her mom had been stalking her. Like some of the photos you could tell she was not aware they were being taken. Some of them were really inappropriate. Like if Jessie was wearing a short skirt, somehow her mom had managed to get like an up the skirt shot without her daughter knowing about it. And that she had used the photos of her daughter to actually engage in several of these online relationships. Sure. So those two guys were not the only two. So here is a fun fact for our Tell wrong me. criminal audience. And for, well, you know this, but you. Oh. So oh, I actually, <laughs> um, my father-in-law is a reporter and has been uh, forever for his, you know, his entire adult life. And one of the things that he does is he covers crazy crimes like this for 2020. And this was actually a story that he did. So when I found the story and was Googling around and realized that my uh, father-in-law, Jim, had actually been like all of the bylines of the articles written from ABC News were written by my father-in-law. That's so crazy. I, it was crazy. I was like, get that, get the fuck out. So I called Jim up today and um, I chatted with him a little bit about it to see what he remembered, if anything, because it was a long time ago. I think he did the interview in like 2008. Yeah. And he said that he doesn't remember too many of the specific details, but what he does remember is that when he interviewed Thomas Montgomery, the interview took place like in his basement. So it must have been before he like, been like totally sentenced to prison and that he definitely gave off a really creepy vibe of like somebody that truly had gotten so lost in a fantasy that when he would talk about what happened it was almost like he was talking about it like it was someone else even though he was right in the room with with him and he said the whole thing was really really Mm. really creepy but what he remembers most about it is that they really, really wanted to get an interview with Mary Sheely. They yes. spent weeks trying to find her, like, you know, went to the house, waited, you know, went wherever she worked, waited, all this stuff. And finally, after two or three weeks of trying to track her down, they finally find her um, outside of the community college where she was attending classes. And they, like, ambush confronted her. Like, do you have anything to say about what's going on? And she just refused. She, like, ran, head down, got out of there. And as far as I can tell by, like, the research I did, she has literally never granted anyone a real interview. There was one interview with BBC News where she said something about, like, once you found out he was older, like, why did you continue talking to him? And she made up some, like, bullshit thing about how I figured if I was talking to him, then he couldn't do this to any real 18-year-old girls. But you're doing it to other 18-year-olds you'd... Dumb, dumb. And also, that's a lie. You're doing it because you're a sad, bored lady yeah. who needs some serious help. And I I just... So there it is. So I had a personal yeah. connection to the story. My father-in-law cool. covered it. So cool. It was fun to get to talk to somebody that actually talked to these people, you know. Yeah. And um, I just think this is the craziest catfish story I've ever heard. That's right. It is the craziest catfish story ever. Well, there's... Again, there are some really sad ones out there that aren't as romantic (laughs) not everything is romantic in these rom crimes i wonder if they try if anybody tried to interview the daughter i'm sure she's just so embarrassed oh i can actually i can answer that so in the documentary i watched um tim uh nan or what's her name not not nancy was it nancy look i've already forgot i said no not cindy cindy was his wife i love mary sorry i closed my notes and immediately i don't know anything mary (laughs) sheeler's ex-husband tim was interviewed 
But um, there was a couple of shots of like him walking with Jesse, but she was not um, really willing or ready to give an yeah. interview. And uh, she she's completely heartbroken and devastated that her mom would do this uh, I mean, in her image sick. and in her name. And it's just so effing gross and messed yeah. up. And it's um, just, yeah, it's so deceitful. It's like you can never you could never trust if you can't trust your mom, then exactly how could you your ever mom, have trust for anything ever or anyone ever again yeah and your mom is supposed to protect you exactly. like the thing that stru- stuck with me is okay so let's say he was going to come after jesse let's say right. he was um he could have killed your daughter yeah who never spoke to this man once in her life because you pretended to be a real person yeah. And so just like that callous disregard for her daughter's life and safety, basically pushing this guy, you know, by taunting him the way that she did. Like she was pushing him towards, you know, not necessarily killing somebody, but snapping mentally. Yeah, so anyway, sure. wow. I just really don't like Mary so much so no, that I like I mean, to forget her name. She's pretty awful. Yeah, it's it's I just like have this image of her sitting in her maybe maybe it's her craft room. Maybe it's her she cave with her little headset on and the internet and in 2006 yeah. I don't know and it's probably just, just like Thomas Montgomery like every second she was home she was probably sitting on that computer like lost yeah. in that world completely right. failing to pay attention to the family around her that she could have engaged with and tried to be happy with but instead right I mean I guess that's when you did. like really say oh dear god I need some therapy I I don't know well I also so I have a little if, okay, so here's some signs that you might be ca- being catfished out there, guys. Yes, um, warn the people. Well, you know, it's just a fun little little eight-step thing or eight po- probable things that might happen to you. So one, the relationship progresses quickly. Most catfishing stories you read will reveal just how strong and quickly a person will come on to their potential victims. So basically, after a few exchanges, they're already ready to like get married or something like that or right. whatever, you know, or they're they want to make cyber love to you um, Two, They never show their face. So like it could be just pictures and things like that. But if you really like somebody talk about an in-person like Skype meeting and they say no. Mm-mm. Yeah. So just another I feel thing. like that's just common sense. If somebody won't let I you agree. real time see their face, because like photos, you can find stock photos on the Internet. <clears throat> Mary Sheely, you can yeah. find stock photos on the Internet. Exactly. You don't need to use your kid. But I feel like if someone refuses like a FaceTime or a Skype totally. or something like that. Like there was Skype back then. There was, yeah, I don't think so there was FaceTime, news. but there was definitely Skype back then. Yeah, I know. So and then also a social media usage is sparse, meaning like, I guess I guess she did have a MySpace page. But, but like, yeah, I mean, she just used her daughter's email and everything and created a whole online thing. Oh, my God. So sad. They. Oh, this is another one. Like, this is where you might be being catfished, which is more realistically for money. So if somebody asks for asks for money, obviously, that's a big no, no. Don't give people money over the Internet. It seems they seem too good to be true. They're like a marine, a beefcake. I don't know. Just kidding. There's they, those things ex- exist. Also, just side note, I'd like to think that um, Brian, Ryan, Brian, 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 beefcake was being funny, like it's from South Park. So he's like beefcake. That's what I prefer probably. To and I do think believe. it's kind of sad too in this story, like you mentioned. The only person who, well, I mean, I guess Thomas Montgomery will spend 20 years of his life in jail. But the only person who, like, yeah. 
anything was truly taken from and in this case it was his life his young life he's 22 years old he was the only one that never lied right he was being honest about who he was and that is the part also that i think is just so makes me angry i know and then what hot 18 year old is online playing blackjack for you know every day 20 hours a day side note maybe that add let's add that to the list of might not maybe too good to be true um mm-hmm. oh this is another one their job sends them around the world so for example the marine he's he's yep. deep in the you know in war he's deep Iraq. in enemy territory that was my Come favorite <laughs> um obviously not that everyone who travels is a con artist but just you know right um there's another one this is because uh, a lot of scams are come from overseas so if proper grammar is lacking that's another thing just decide um, and then the elaborate stories, super elaborate. That's another thing. Emotion, pulling on emotional heartstrings, tales of childhood trauma, basically trying to get you to. Yeah, to feel for them. Well, that sounds exactly them. like what both of these people did. Yeah, yeah. That's the eight signs. So, I mean, that's one of the eight signs. I'm sure there are if more. Any, yeah, right. If any of those sound like something that's happening to you immediately demand a uh facetime zoom skype whatever facebook messenger face call with this person and if they refuse run 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 or run for the hills run for a police station or not i don't know i like run to the woods run to the woods you guys Sorry, it's I always won. safe in the woods. I love it. I love it. Lots of so meditation. anyway, yes, that that is the crazy tall, hot, blonde catfish story. That's great. And I love that your father-in-law actually spoke with him like in his home. I know that is just cuckoo. I mean, so crazy. What a crazy, crazy guy he was. But then what's crazy about it, too, is that it turned out that she was equally crazy. Yeah, I mean, You know, yeah. like, maybe even more so, because he was just pretending to be an 18-year-old version of himself. Right. She was pretending to be her daughter. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Mary, I Mary, just wish she gross. was in jail. You're gross, you're, Mary. You're disgusting, Mary Sheila. We don't like you at all. No. Go away. Go away. Maybe get some help, like a lot That's of it. Right. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Rom Crime. If you yeah. want, but we would love it, and tell a friend or grab your friend's phone and just do it, rate, review, and subscribe for us, please, wherever you listen to your podcast. But, you know, it helps us out. We do appreciate it. We love all of you, Rom Criminals. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah.